What up, party people? It's your boy Tommy G here with episode 29 of the No Mercy podcast. Today, I am joined by the Vanilla Gorilla, Jeff Manns. We are going to do a lot of things on this show. We're going to take a little look back at week 10, give you guys an idea of what went right, what went wrong. We're going to get heavy into the Le'Veon Bell talk, uh, just what whether he made the right decision, what the fuck is this dude doing, what his future looks like. Uh, we're going to go into week 11, went pretty deep, deeper than usual into week 11 uh, for DFS purposes. Uh, position by position, broke down what we're seeing early in the week, kind of early, kind of high-level overview report, uh, answered a couple Twitter questions, did a bunch of fuck, marry, kills, talked about coaching, announcing, and officiating at nauseum, uh, did our F that's, and then we told some stories about our most embarrassing injuries. Uh, I think we did about three or four each, so that was fun. But uh, get on over to guruelite.com, G-U-R-U-E-L-I-T-E.com, smashing the universe over there, as usual. You guys know what we do in DFS. But the, the gambling side is just fucking crazy right now. Like, white hot on fire right now. Uh, the gambling package is less than $10 a week running till January 21st. Less than $10 per week for our NFL bets. All eight of our content providers on the NFL side are up for the year. I'm up 28 units personally, 124 and 88, up 64.2 units, our whole NFL staff, on the year. That comes with NCAA football bets, too, up 13 units on the year. That's Sports Cheetah. You also get the MMA bets with Mad Lab, 112 and 35, up 87 units on the year. And then our golf bets. Golf Man is just a monster. Fried Egg Paulie on Twitter, plus 95.61 units in golf. That all comes in the same package for the football betting package for less than $10 a week. You could also do a seven-day pass for $19.99. We have a basketball package, too, which has NBA up 27 units. NCAA, we just started this up a couple units. MMA up 87 and golf up 95, also included in that. Same price as the other ones, same package. And then we have the hockey package, same as the other ones. Night Ghost killing it over there. I think he's up six units already, and the season just started. Last year, he was up like 90 units on the season for hockey. He's an absolute monster, and you get the MMA and golf. So, Get on over there. There's no fucking reason at all you guys shouldn't be at least one, if not all, of those gambling packages at Guru Elite. Go to GuruElite.com, click the green Join Here button. Without further ado, hit it, Miyagi. Mercy is for the weak. We do not train to be merciful here. A man face you, he is enemy. Enemy deserve no mercy. What up? Let's get weird. It's your boy Tommy G here with episode 29 of the No Mercy podcast, The Lost Episode. 29 and a half. 29 and a half, yes. (laughs) I'm joined by that gorilla that you heard in the background, Mr. Jeff Manns. How are you doing, you angry gorilla? I'm I'm not angry. Not yet. Yeah, you were angry yesterday. Now you've calmed down? You know what? No, maybe I am more angry. I don't know. I get... Everybody is like ripping on me because of my Le'Veon Bell takes, but you know, for one, they go fuck themselves, and I don't care. I'm right, and I'm not going to back down. So, so I, I'm not. I'm not angry. Everybody else puts their own anger on me. I think. Yeah, and we're gonna we're gonna get angry though, Good. because I'm angry today. Last night I wasn't angry, and today I am angry because of uh, Siege telling me that I'm just uh, bringing attention Stop. to his tweets to Stop. get extra listeners to my podcast. <laughs> Oh my god! Oh my god! I love the kid, but I'm like, dude, you gotta stop. You go too far sometimes. It's like, 
Come on, dude. So we're going to talk about Le'Veon Bell. It's got the DFS Twitter industry in a rage going back and forth. I think it's really like like 50,000 on one, but maybe there's other people who are on the other side of it. But uh, we'll definitely talk about Le'Veon Bell. Um, we're going to talk about how we did last week. We'll do some F that. Jeff has no idea what we're going to do because I switched the show plan up on him. <laughs> if you notice, did you listen to me and Rob? I used all our stuff, all our fuck, marry, kills, and all our... I, <laughs> I did all you really? You're such a scumbag. Because I didn't have time to make a show you plan. Such so for a those scumbag. Of you that, oh, how dare you. For those of you that missed it... Oh, I, I did. I, I read the thing. Yeah, we did. A, yeah. Go tell everybody what you did. Yeah, so yesterday, me and Jeff recorded an hour and 45-minute podcast. Poor guy was, like, leaving his family. We were running late, whole nine... Just to be here for the pod. And I, my dumbass, fucking who I think I've had a concussion since Sunday and just realized it. But we'll talk about that later, too. I forgot to hit record on the main device, which has the good sound quality. And then on top of that, I forgot to hit record on the backup device in case we fuck it up. We have backups for this because we know Tommy G. (laughs) Like We literally built in practices that are dummy proof for him somehow no you should be doing it i shouldn't be doing it that's how you dummy proof it i know don't let me responsible for anything you we left you what you had one job record (laughs) that's it that's all you have to do the rest we could figure out record you had one job (laughs) hours of our lives so basically we just had another phone conversation that's essentially what yesterday became but Right, and now I and then we were able stole, to. Then he steals all the material, puts it on the freaking yep. MLB model. Well, because podcast, I had to record with Rob like last minute. Yeah, I didn't have time to make a show plan or anything, so I just took all our shit and put it over oh, there. So I get did, ready to I start. I see tweets. I'm like the the two inch penis versus a yeah, and I'm like, wait, <laughs> didn't we do this? I'm like, that's that son of a bitch. Fucking took <laughs> unfucking believable. But uh, all right, I love we'll come up with new shit. Don't worry. I really love – no one listens to that podcast anyway. We could do it over here. It's fucking Rob. <laughs> Rob's, There's six people. Rob's that... family, his overall salesman. Jim. Yeah, 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 yeah big Jim. Huckleberry Jim. Big Jim Slade, the uh, overall salesman that Rob frequents his shop in town. His overalls were a mess. But let's get into this All stuff right, here because uh, I think we're going to have a pretty lengthy Le'Veon debate. So, <clears throat> obviously, last week, Jeff – um, ended up being an average week for me. I was fine. You know, none of my players really flopped, but then again, none of them went crazy. You know, I was missing the Tyreek Hill. You know, the, I had Trubisky, which was nice. That was on one of my big teams. But, you know, the David Johnson I had on one of my five lineups, maybe two. Tyreek I had on one. So I was just kind of missing that lineup with all of them on the same same one. So I did okay, but fantasy draft was what saved me. I hit the qualifier over there on Fantasy Draft, so that's nice, 50-person tournament. Uh, I think it's week 16, $500,000 prize pool, 100000 to first. So uh, queuing for that, get that monkey off my back to at least have a, have a queue in December. Uh, that, that, that's exciting. But you had a very good weekend, um, better than me. You just didn't play any qualifiers, right? Yeah, I didn't hit a qualifier. By the way, you, uh, you won that qualifier, qualifier on Fantasy Draft. It's full day. You get the Sunday night game involved, and you had Zach Ertz, I believe, right? I had a full stack. Yeah. yeah, I had Zach Ertz. I had Amari Cooper. I had Ezekiel Elliott. Yeah. I had a full stack, and that was my. Luckily, like that was my Ertz, Trubisky though, team. Ertz is that guy, and especially last week, he, you having that is such you can't get back from that. Like somebody else having a Joku get three versus Ertz right. or going for thirty. I mean, you don't get twenty-seven extra points. Even Gurley doesn't usually get you twenty-seven more than the average at your position. So that's a huge. Right. 
Huge play right there, and uh, good game theory by you. Yeah, good week for me overall. It was very profitable. Um, A lot of good calls in there, running backs specifically. Quarterbacks, we had this debate. I mean, the thing with running backs, I'll start there, is that Todd Gurley at 10%. How is this possible? And I asked you before, are DFS players just bored of Todd Gurley, Tommy? Is that what's going on here? Because I don't understand how he was 10% owned. Yeah, I mean, I think you're just playing them every week. And what happens is once a guy goes from like the absolute maniacal stratosphere down to even remotely close to our atmosphere, like Gurley did when he threw up a 19, it's like everyone realizes, oh, wait, he's not guaranteed to score 35 points every game. And then they forget that he still is guaranteed to score like 20, 25. So, you know, the kind of the gloss comes off him a tiny bit because his price was even cheaper. So it made no sense. He was a little bit higher on DraftKings. I think it was like 20% in my tournaments. But, yeah, I mean, I guess everyone just realized that he's not going to score three touchdowns a game but forgot that he's still Todd Gurley and he's still basically got a 20-point floor. Yeah, your tournaments have less people in them too because you're smart right. and pay up a little bit. And so, But having that kind of low ownership on Todd Gurley is almost amazing. I just feel like this. I feel like people try too hard. And daily fantasy football. They try to, they, like we always talk about the difficulty points. People want right. like to make this huge, amazing, boisterous call when you got the obvious kind of just sitting and staring at you in the face. And that's mm-hmm. what I feel with the last couple of weeks with Todd Gurley because I, I, I'm going to make it a point that if you're going to give me Todd Gurley a 10% ownership, I'm going to use him every week and you can fuck all what he costs. I don't care. I'm, I'll just do it. I, I will just right. do it. Because I'm going to have such an advantage over people like we talked about with paying up a tight end, too. So, yeah, that, that was a big one. Um, man, you got, missed the rant. I, I called myself the best, the best football analyst in the world because of my Nick Chubb breakdown of Rick Guru Lee. I, <laughs> well, it wasn't, just, it wasn't just that you called Nick Chubb. It's that you basically called how Nick Chubb was going to do what he did yeah. and all that kind of shit. It's yeah. in the article, that's, Cash. That's what you've been doing a lot of, Jeff. You've been... You've been not nailing things, but you've been nailing how they're going to do it. Like, you're going a little uh, Nostromans over there. Like, on, you know, it's going to be on the left side against this corner yep. on this type of play and a flag route. So, uh, so yeah, it's, it's, next it's been level pretty shit, impressive. And I think run. that's, you know, why we have such an advantage. I mean, if you looked at all of our subscribers and shit, like, everybody's winning at this point. Like, no, not everybody. Nine, 80%. I say that. A lot of these of course, are not everybody stupid. wins every week because well, guess no, what? Here's, we compete here's, against each other. So here's the thing. No, everybody should be winning, but they're playing the wrong contest. They're doing I'm, I'm one of them right now because my contest, like the Wildcat, which was one of my favorites, is 4000 people now. Like even yeah. the big contests are thousands of people. But if people are playing cash games or single entry tournaments, they should be winning. But they're not. They're just fucking stupid. Right, And, right? and the people like, that bitch about losing $20 are the same ones throwing $20 into fucking Millionaire Maker. Like, what are you guys right. doing? Stop it. You're just being greedy assholes. You're being idiotic, greedy assholes. That's all you're doing. You think you're going to put in 20, you're going to win a million. You're never going to win it, numbskull. It's the, it's the let's make a deal philosophy. Remember that game? The Monty yep. Hall and now. That's where door number Wayne three Wayne. came from, I you, think. Hey, right? Here, I'll give you $1,000. You have $1,000 in your hand. Here you go. Or, you yeah. fucking idiot, you could look behind door number three and maybe it's something else. And everyone's like, oh, boy. Or, you know. 
guy who couldn't even afford his airfare down there drove in a 1978 Chevy Nova to the studio to play this fucking game. And they're like, no, I don't need the thousand. I want the door number three because it's going to be great. It's a fucking donkey. And they're like, oh, man. <laughs> Take the thousand dollars, you broke motherfucker. Well, what's wrong with you? And it's the same thing with DFS players. Drives me crazy. You got, your own greed is getting in your way. Double your money. Just keep doubling it. What's the problem? And if you get good and you keep winning, you play more contests and you double more. Invest more, double more. It's kind of easy. And no, I want easy. I want $20 and $1 million out. Fuck, you're never going to win it. You might as well just fucking throw. Take your 20 rip it up, throw it in the goddamn air. Because that's all you I feel you're like doing. you're yelling at me. I know. I, well, no, I totally am. <laughs> no, I'm saying because that's every week. I'm like, why did I play these contests? Like I told you, I was in a uh, we're in a big pool with a big DraftKings pool with a lot of my friends. All my friends have been playing DFS for four or five years. Yeah. Like these aren't noobs, right? These are Eddie Motts. It's it's guys that are really good, guys that have hit live finals and qualifiers and stuff. So you know, we're in it, and I'm looking at the standings, and I'm like, God, I feel like the last four weeks I can't hit a fucking thing. Like I'm just missing. I'm blah blah blah. And then, you know, Mats is like, dude, you're in fourth in our 25, man. Because like, my main lineup is fine. It's a perfect cash game line. I haven't won a week yet right. in, our, in our home pool, but I'm in like third or fourth place right now. And it's just because, you know, it's, I'm being consistent this year more than I ever have. And had I been playing cash games and just single entry tournaments instead of chasing fucking qualifiers and playing all these goddamn things, and if DraftKings didn't take all my four hundred dollar, three hundred person tournaments that I used to love and make them three thousand right. people, it would have been fine. So like, I gotta, I gotta adjust a little bit too, and just realize that you've even seen it, Jeff. You've commented on oh, it a yeah. couple times. I'm not as contrarian as I used to be. I'm, I'm playing the right play, right? right? Like, if a guy's gonna be chalky, I'm not gonna play him on every lineup, but I'm gonna get a piece of him somewhere. And, uh, and that diversification is not built for winning GPPs. It's putting 150 lineups in and going all in on three guys that wins your GPPs. I think the lost episode we had, I talked about myself because what happened with me is I pretended to be you for a while. I was pretending. Was- yeah, you went through an identity crisis. I totally did because, I did you know, I, I had some, I was winning a bunch and then so I threw it in the qualifiers, hit a couple qualifiers, went to live final, and then I hit a, and I won a live final. And the attention I got from that, Great, oh, right? it was it was just I had a fucking ripe old boner for you know months. But the Not thing a big is, fucking boner right yeah, now. Yeah, I can hang any boner. The um, months after that, I was like, "Where's my attention?" You know, internally, I'm like, "I yeah, want to be exactly." Where's my attention? I want a screenshot. I want to do. And I played this game, and all of a sudden, throwing money, throwing money, leak, throwing money, leak, and I'm like. Leak. Drip, Eventually, drip, I'm like, what drip. the fuck am I doing? That's not what I am. Fuck this. I don't need this bullshit anymore. You know what I mean? And uh, it, it, it's actually, I got lucky because I won the second live final like a year later in football. And that's where, I, right after that, I'm like, that's it. I'm, like, I'm, I'm, I'm going yeah. like Seinfeld. Like, I'm out on uh, George. I'm out. All right, everybody, have fun. I'm out. Yep. My qualifier. I'm still chasing over. a water main. I, oh, I know, right? I've been chasing a water main for fucking like, four and a half years. Dude, chasing the <laughs> but, uh, water main. The, uh, the Tommy I G was ready to quit. Let, yeah, that's, that's going to be my book name for sure, Chasing the Water Main. Yeah. The, uh, last year, remember, I was ready to quit qualifiers. Oh, yeah. I was like, I'm done. Oh, you said drain. it 18 times that you're going to Right. Do no, it. but last year I was actually doing it. I was starting to come around to being more responsible. And then I banked 200000 
I hit eight f- live oh, yeah. final seats in baseball, oh, binked yeah. 200 there, then binked another 200,000 in football season. So then this year, I'm like, well, that's just what I am now again. One so of the greatest I wean conversations of I've ever had with Tommy G. And I mean, there's been some epic ones, including when he's squeezing blood out of his fucking forehead. I, I at the conversation, <laughs> Tommy G, after I don't even know how much you won, but I remember you trying to come up with ways on what to do with all this money. You're like, uh, what should I do? I'm gonna like throw a hundred thousand here, and I'm just like, I'm like, is this fucking real life? Like you're just like, put it in a bank. Like, you you had, I know. You're like bank now. Fuck that. I'm gonna no, man, dude. That's how they track you. I'm gonna throw it in a pillowcase. <laughs> I'm gonna bury it in Eddie Mott's backyard. I'm like, what the fuck are you talking about? That's right how they now? track you. Like, I don't know what that. No, he, you didn't really say. But I don't that's know what great. you're saying. I that's just held great. the phone away. Like you're it trying to. Like something you're like, I would say. I'm trying to figure out how much I should leave in my account. How much I bring in here. How, and you're literally like thinking you just had too much money. It, yeah. And you're just like, eh, I gotta figure out <laughs> well, ways to do I this. I took care of that, Jeff. Trust me, I got rid of all that. Ecosystem. Why not? <laughs> yeah. I, I, I bought watches. I bought oh. Vegas trips. <laughs> I dumped back in queues. Like, trust me. I, 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 <laughs> yeah. That didn't last that long. I was like, what What could I buy? You had what could four girlfriends last year yeah. somehow. Like, all of a sudden, we were all joking. Like, Buying apartments. Like, new like, girls yeah. and people. Like, what the fuck is happening? Like, yeah. yeah. So, but that was fun. You took care of that. Um, <laughs> so I took care of that real quick. So what would you say your, uh, what would you say your biggest hits for last week were? Uh, let's do hits and misses real quick and then yeah, get to Lebanon I mean, Bell. The running so backs give me a couple hits and misses. Nick Chubb, David Johnson, Aaron Jones, those three uh, with nuts. Gurley. Yeah. Um, my GPP lineup last. But you still luckily got trolled on Twitter all day, even though those were like four years. Well, because my miss, cool. my one miss, because I did the guarantee. Well, you're not allowed to miss. I, I the guarantee. I guaranteed Josh Gordon was going to score 16 or more. Had a 44 yard catch on the second series of the game. Dropped two passes in, inexcusably right after that, and then the Patriots somehow get blown out by the Titans, and then sit all their players down. They stopped throwing the ball with seven minutes remaining in the game. All I needed was three more points from Josh Gordon. So any of those catches. So somehow people turn that into me losing the guarantee, which I did lose, and I, I fully am culpable to that. But they act like, well, I have Josh Gordon. There's no way to win with Josh Gordon. I'm like, everybody won with Josh Gordon. Everybody. Right. We have $50,000 screenshots. Josh Gordon didn't make you lose. $25,000 screenshots. We had people. Uh, I won over $7,000 total uh, you know, with all with Josh Gordon. He didn't hurt you at all. Did he help you? Not necessarily. No, he got two X, which is whatever where you want. A lot of receivers got two. He was probably like the fifteenth receiver, right? What was sixteenth? As far as so, I mean, listen, and he was probably the sixteenth highest priced. He was only six K. So, you know, there was probably about fifty. Right now, if you look at the six thousand dollar receiver, there's one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven. Yeah, he's probably like the sixteenth priced wide receiver too. So. It wasn't that big a deal. No, and, but that's means. why but you're, I'm looking trolled. at your – of course, yeah. that, because people are fucking assholes. Uh, I'm looking – because it's funny because when I saw you getting trolled on Twitter, I went, is Jeff just saying anything good and he didn't? Like, what the fuck? He just told me he won a lot of money. Yeah. What's happening? And I went to your cash game breakdown. You listed six running backs, yeah. and we know running backs make or break you. Yep. Todd Gurley, David Johnson, Nick Chubb, Aaron Jones, all superstars, Melvin Gordon, who scored 27, and Kareem Hunt, who the whole fucking world had. He was like 60% owned in the fantasy draft queue. Um, you know, who scored, who didn't have a great game. He scored 19, but it was just touchdown variants. He still got 24 touches. So, right. I mean, you literally every single one of your running backs. In the and top I six spent four hours in the chat room on Saturday night telling everybody 
of all those guys, Kareem Hunt was the one I'm not playing. I was not sold. I thought he was going to do fine and great. I was choosing Gordon over Hunt with Gurley. Like, that was going to be my cash game break. And I told people, so even on top of that, if you took advantage of the chat I spend all this time in. No, no, it doesn't matter. I know, I know. It doesn't matter how much energy or effort or words you put into Updates don't matter. Chat don't matter. It's like. Defense don't matter. Nothing Like, I have to fly into everybody's city, go and type on their keyboard with them, and, like, actually set their lineup. That's the only way that. They don't fuck it up somehow. Yep. So. Yeah, last week I had uh, I had an odd week because I only had six guys. Now, I did a huge write-up. I built five lineups. I only had six guys on my five lineups, and I've been diversifying a lot. So there's about you know 40 different people you know mixed across those lineups a lot of times for six lineups that I'm building. Uh, I had five guys not score uh, double digits. Everyone scored double digits except five, and four of them were on the Jets. <laughs> so <laughs> it was that one team yeah. where I had McCown and Nunwa. And uh, and uh, forget curse just to kind of fuck around, and then I had the Jets D uh, also. So I mean, it's like you know, outside of that, I only had one player who really flopped, and that was Mike Evans, and he was on like my third team. But um, some of the big ones for me were Tyreek Hill, I was high on Trubisky, I was really high on. Um, I said Baker was about to turn it around for the rest of the season, and he did. Uh, Mike Davis was fine. Galladay was good. Corey Davis was great. I had him all over the place. I said to fade Boyd, so did you. Said to fade Doyle, so did yeah. you. I faded Deion Lewis. So, I mean, it's like, you know, I don't know what people want. It, it, it's tough on weeks like that, and then we'll pivot over to Lev Bell. It's tough on weeks like that where you need to have two of the big four players, right? Like four players go for 40. It's like Aaron Jones, Tyreek Hill. You know, you get David Johnson. There's, you know, three or four guys that scored fucking like 39 points, Trubisky, and then everyone else scored like, fine so it's like if you don't have multiples of those guys on your lineup you're not winning a gpp but in cash you'd have been fine right. because all those guys i just mentioned were like eight percent owned so yeah they wouldn't have hurt you at all but yeah. anyway let's move on right. so Le'Veon bell seems to be a big Oof. discussion right now with lev bell um held out the whole entire year as we know he's done for the whole entire year he can't play again this year left 15 million dollars on the fucking table which should have been in his hand right now all to get a better contract and be healthy and blah, 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 blah. And everyone in their fucking mother, it seems, logically, should be saying, well, duh, obviously, that's a terrible decision. He's a fucking idiot. But there are people on Twitter who are going out there and saying, nope, it was a smart move. Wait, like, oh. what does he say? Like, wait, do you see? He just raised his floor. No. Like, what the fuck are you talking about? He just ruined his name in the league. He probably went from eight potential suitors to, like, two because six of these people who had interest are going to be like, fuck him. We don't even want that cancer on our team right now, which is going to inherently lower the bidding. And when you look at whatever he gets guaranteed, you have to subtract $15 million from yes. that. So if someone's saying he's going to get $20 million guaranteed, well, then he's getting fucking five, idiot, because he should have already had 15 guaranteed in his pocket right now. And even if he tore his ACL... With $15 million in his pocket right now, he's still going to get more than $5 million guaranteed, whether it's this year or the following year. Like, it, it's so fucking stupid, Jeff. It's, it, let's give the, the resume of Le'Veon Bell. Le'Veon Bell was a guy who was a workhorse in college, logged, I think, over 1,000 touches in three years at Michigan State, was Crazy only a second-round draft pick. 
in there. Wasn't that crazy highly thought of. Went to the Steelers, performed well. He's had drug problems, PED problems, domestic uh, issue problems. Personality personality problems. problems. He has been suspended twice by the National Football League. He's rubbed teammates the wrong way. And, oh, by the way, he sat out an entire fucking season. All right, all of these problems and not to mention all of that. He's also an aging running back, which is never good. 27, going to be almost 20. He'll be 27 and a half when he signs and plays next year. And he's a guy that now has, uh, um, that his backups have outproduced him every single step of the way. Like Garrett Blunt outproduced him in a brief time when he filled in for him. D'Angelo Williams outproduced him when he filled in for Le'Veon Bell. And now James Conner is smashing fucking Le'Veon Bell to the earth, proving that Le'Veon Bell's not a special talent. So if everybody just assumes NFL player personnel are all idiots, then, okay, maybe he gets a big contract, and he'll get a good contract. But as Tommy mentioned— Like we say, it only takes one team. Yeah, it's it's minus $50 But every the, the people that drive me crazy are the, well, if he would have played, something would have happened to him. What happens to him? An ACL? That's no big deal. Jamal Charles got a huge deal after suffering an ACL injury. Adrian Peterson came back like a monster eight months after an ACL. Rushed for 2,000 yards, for Christ's yeah. sake. So, I mean, it's not going to affect him that much. He still would have got a major deal. He would have... When if you suffer exactly. a career-ending injury in game one, let's let's just give all of you detractors the benefit of the doubt. Game one, he goes down ACL and it's over. He still has fifteen million dollars. That's protection. Right. What if he gets yes. ill? What if what if the, what if the NFL uh, blacklists him just like they did Kaepernick? If you believe that, or what, what if he gets in trouble in the off season? What if he law. gets in a car accident and breaks his leg? What if he gets diagnosed with cancer in the off season? Like, it's it's like saying that at, things yeah. can only happen to you on a football field, right? Like that's not the case. The, the, and I mean, the way to protect you your always family, take the money. The way to protect your family, the way to protect yourself, is to sign a deal, play for fifteen million bucks, get your fifteen million dollars, and then whatever then. Everything that happens to you on and off the field, at least you have $15 million in the bank. It's not the worst-case scenario. Everybody's like, look at what happened to Earl Thomas. Earl Thomas is $8 million bucks. I mean, and he's right. a safety. Safety's – Earl right. Thomas he's is going to get another contract. Comparatively, that's a lot. He's right. going to make a ton more money, and safeties could play into their mid to late 30s easily. Running backs simply cannot, and the NFL will not sign a 30-year-old running back for anything over the minimum. So – Here's here's the here's the worst case scenario, right? The best case scenario would have been getting hurt in week one last year for the detractors, because then he would be probably fine by two thousand what two thousand nineteen, whatever the fuck next year is. The worst case scenario for the detractors is what if he played the whole season and then he got hurt in like week sixteen to where he was going to miss a huge chunk or if not all of next season. And it's like, okay, well, he got $15 million. Right. He would have got nothing next year, let's say. Let's say no one signed him, even though someone would have. Right. Someone would have immediately jumped in and said, I'm buying low right now. Yeah. Let's go get him whatever we can give him. And he would have got paid to do nothing. But even if no one, no one signed him next year, someone would have been there at his door the second he recovered from the ACL, giving him a great contract. Maybe it's not $25 million, $20 million guaranteed, but he already got 15 So even if someone was going to say, let's take Le'Veon Bell at 28 years old, and let's give him $9 million guaranteed and a two-year, three-year deal. That's still more guaranteed money than you're going to get with a $20 million contract now. So it's just fucking dumb, dude. Not to mention the fact that he could, he's ruined his name and his brand. 
there's not a single person in the country who really loves Le'Veon Bell right now because everyone in Pittsburgh fucking hates him. And the rest of the world that's logical is going, this guy's a douchebag, right? So he's ruined his name. He was one of the most likable players in the yeah. entire NFL. Everyone loved Le'Veon Bell because he was putting up huge fantasy numbers and people loved him. And, yep. you know, he was, he was a star. He didn't really get in too much trouble over the last couple of years. So no one had an issue with him. So he ruined his brand. He ruined his potential suitors during this process. And let's not talk about the fact that the Patriots are kind of on the way out right now. People are talking about Brady being washed up. Gronk may retire. This is a year where it's basically Mahomes, who's a young, young, you can consider him a rookie because he didn't play a full season last year, so he's basically had about a rookie yeah. amount of games. So you got Mahomes with an Andy Reid team that tends to choke in the playoffs a lot. We know that. And that's the only obstacle in Pittsburgh's way to a Super Bowl, in my opinion. So he could be costing himself a Super Bowl appearance slash ring on top of that. And James Conner stepped in and just decapitated him to the point where now everyone's going, is Le'Veon Bell that good? Because, Jeff, me and you used to argue this vehemently. And you and Ted both were team Le'Veon Bell's overrated. It's the system. And I was like, watch a fucking football game, dude. He's amazing on the field. And I still stand by the fact that he is an elite talent. I think you say he's not. No, I say he's still. I say still. he's skilled. But I also. He's, he's elite. To me, elite he's not. Set. No, because elite is. I can go we to, have to see it somewhere else. I go to any team. And just do whatever, you know, put up the same number. But that's what I'm saying. We haven't seen him not do that, right? Right. But we, so I'm going to give him the benefit of the doubt and say that if he went to another team, that he would still possibly be that. But guess what? If you would have asked me a year ago, I would have told you Le'Veon Bell is going to rush for 1,500 yards no matter where the fuck he goes. After seeing James Conner now, I'm going, maybe he won't. Right. And D'Angelo so Williams. So even me. D'Angelo yeah, Williams, and, you and I started arguing this back in the D'Angelo Williams days. And, you know, I was never impressed with D'Angelo Williams. Um, and he was, what, 32, 33 when he did it. That, once that was done, that was it for me with Le'Veon Bell. I knew right, right. there. I'm like, I needed him. a little more sample size. Right. You know, I wanted to see, you know, but when LeGarrette Blunt was doing well there even. Yeah. And now Connor just put a nail in it where, wow, this is a system. Remember, you don't put forget, there are other analysts, and I could single them out. I won't do it, but. That nice. said that James Conner was pathetic and garbage and that Jalen Samuels will be the starter by week three. I mean, multiple people were saying that. A lot of people were saying that in the fantasy industry. So, um, so nobody was sold on Conner. And that's the one thing I laugh about, especially amongst industry people. It bothers me so much. Like, take your loss. It's okay to take your I loss. I don't know why people can't but, take But, dude, I'm in a lot of expert fantasy leagues where – I didn't have Le'Veon Bell in a single league, yet I have James Conner in, I think, six leagues. And I think four of those are industry leagues. Maybe even five of them are industry leagues. And nobody drafted him. Tenth round, the week before the season. People forget this, Jeff, because everyone's recency bias is, no, no, in my best ball draft a week before the season started, he went in the fifth, he went in the seventh, he went in the eighth. The Conner steam, and I remember I was arguing with Jeff about this because of where James Conner was sitting on his rankings. And I was like, dude, you can't do this this far. Like, he's too high. So I will give you this. And you know, and all the listeners know, you guys have been listening to 30 episodes now of this, plus three and a half years of me and Jeff on series together. I will shit on Jeff if he's wrong. Yes. I have no problem going right at his throat. I prefer it. I was wrong on James Conner. I was wrong. I will eat that L. We argued this three weeks before the season, and I was wrong on it. And it's just amazing how everyone in retrospect is like, 
Well, yeah, I mean, everyone knew that James Conner was going to be a stud. Same thing with fucking before the season when everyone was like, Lamar Jackson's going to be the starting quarterback week one. And I was like, no, Flacco is going to be the starting quarterback throughout that season until the – and then all of a sudden people are playing Flacco in DFS. And I'm like, where's my – I'm sorry. You know, I was telling everyone, don't touch David Johnson, you know, with this current coaching staff. And, the, and where, was my, where was my sorry, Tommy? I told everyone, Ben Roethlisberger is going to lead the league in passing. Phillip Rivers is undervalued. No one says, everyone just goes, well, yeah, everyone knows that. No. Hindsight's twenty twenty for these fucking analysts. Admit you're wrong. It's, it's absolute garbage. I was on the David Johnson. I had David Johnson on Sirius today that said I have him as my number five most overrated player in the league. And the thing is, people don't realize how much I love this guy. Me and my son have matching David Johnson jerseys. He lives two subdivisions over from me. I've met him three, four different times. I've met his wife. I've met his baby. I, have, I know David Johnson. I, I have a great relationship with him. He's just overrated. He's just not as good as people think. You know, he didn't mm-hmm. even go to a division Division One school. It was Division One Northern Iowa, but still. Yeah, it's fringe. But yeah. either either way, uh, you're right. Every the after the fact shit drives me. It's and, and then you know what, Jeff? Too, and again, I don't mean to just fucking peacock here, but I'll link the fucking article before the season. It's in writing. Yeah. Me and Jeff have all our oh, shit yeah. in writing from before the season, and it's I'm looking at it right now. My my rankings were Gurley one, Bell two. This was way before we knew he was going to miss. Zeke three, DJ four, and it says next to it, I'm avoiding this draft spot because I don't want him. Kamara five, Saquon six, McCaffrey seven, and then with Fournette is, it says Fournette due to injury concerns, I am not going near him. And then Gordon and Hunt. So it's like I literally nailed the top ten, the two guys that would have fucked you hard outside of Bell, which we all had to rank right. him in the top yep. three. We're DJ and Fournette, and I told everyone to avoid him. Yet I take shit every day for knowing nothing on Twitter. Oh, and I was, and then from I like CJ Fournette. and them, like not knowing anything about seasonal. My big loss was Fournette. I had Fournette over David Johnson. So, and that's fine. Yeah, you know, like yep. we can't we can't get all of them right, but you know, it's just it's just frustrating here when people are stupid. What do you think he ends up getting? Uh, he, well, it's gonna here's stupid people are gonna fall for it because he's gonna get a deal that's worth like seventy million. But the truth of it, the guaranteed money, which is all that really matters, it, it's gonna be all incentive laden. It's all gonna be you know he gets bonuses for everything. So the total contract's gonna be worth seventy, eighty million, whatever it may be. Guaranteed money, he'll probably get three years at about. He has to get more than fifteen just for likeness, or he won't sign. Right. So he'll get you know about eighteen million per. So what's that fifty four million, something like that? He'll get like about. Eh, I'll say he gets around forty five guaranteed. Let's say that somewhere around that. 40. Which everyone would be cool. See, he got more than he would have. No, no, no. I, I, he still would have had here's fifteen the thing. extra million. Here's the thing that people don't understand. He was getting this same exact deal. Unless he tore his ACL. So you have a one-outer here. if he tore his ACL. Achilles, it would have been pretty maybe. close. Right. Right. ACL, Achilles, yeah, they t- don't Achilles. mind anymore. It's not that big of a deal with a guy who's still within. But, I mean, you're talking about one potential injury. Yeah. The shot at one potential in- injury. Like, how many running backs tore their ACL this year? Like, I don't know what the number is, but it's got to be less than, like, six, right? Yeah. How- oh, yeah so, there's- how many running backs are there? There's, like, 90. So you're talking about literally like a fucking 4% chance that he was going to tear his ACL for worth $15 million. If he doesn't, it's a stupid decision no matter what because he was going to get the same contract he's going to get, if not more. 
Because he didn't have all the concerns about Connor. He didn't have all the concerns about a, a year off and some rust. People don't know if he's even in football shape this year. He might be fat right now compared to what he usually is. No one Players don't miss a whole entire year sitting around. When a player misses a year, it's because of an injury, and they're rehabbing that whole year, which is almost more rigorous than a regular off-season workout because you're rehabbing yourself back to health. This dude could be sitting around eating fucking Cheetos on a fucking yacht for the last year. No one knows what kind of gas tank he's going to have next year, what kind of shape he's going to be in next year. No, they, they have no idea. Know. You know, and the other fact is he loses a year of retirement and for his pension, pension. purpose and his medical which is a huge deal to former football players. So that's a big deal later. And like I said on the air the other day, and I'll say it again, is the 55-year-old Le'Veon Bell is going to wish to God he had this $14.5 million extra. He, no, the 55-year-old, when you're 27 and in your prime and everybody bows down to you. Like Tommy G hitting fucking for yeah, yeah, half a million. Exactly. <laughs> it's just like, it's going to keep coming. Dude, like it this. never ends. You think this goes never going to fucking end. And I, I link it all back to, remember my Derrick Rose rants back in the day, Tommy? Remember yeah. Derrick Rose, how he set me off? and Because he yep. wouldn't play. He didn't rush his way back because he wanted to, when he goes, when I'm 50 years old, I need to be, be able to walk right, and I need to be in business meetings and everything else. And I said at the time, and everybody hated me, nobody wants to be in the Derrick Rose business at 50. Nobody's going to give a shit about you at 50. Nobody cares about former players unless you're Michael Jordan, Magic Johnson, freaking, uh, I mean, anybody, you know, the, maybe oh, Peyton Manning, Bird, right, yeah. Tom Brady, maybe. I mean, very, you have to be the absolute beyond one percenters. Nobody gives a shit about Derrick Rose. You think four years ago, do you think Derrick Rose now wouldn't give his fucking left nut and say, I should have fucking played. I should have went back out, earned my money. That I should have fucking pushed myself back because now he's bounced around the league and nobody gives a shit anymore. And, 40-year-old Derrick Rose is going to give a sh- Nobody's going to be in the Derrick Rose business. Same with Le'Veon Bell. By the time he's 31, he's done. All running backs are done, by, unless you're Frank Gore. And you're not going to get any money. <laughs> and this is, the, this is all you have. And you think you need your health and everything else for later. No. You, what you would want is that $14.5 because you'll never, ever be able to get that money back again. Ever. So it's a yep. huge mistake that the future Le'Veon Bell will pay for dearly, and he will regret this decision for the rest of his life. Let's have some fun. Yeah. Yeah, let's have some fun. All right. Uh-oh. So we'll get to what do I want to do here. Let's do some fuck, marry, kill. Okay. So uh, I'm going to give you some fuck, marry, kills here, Jeff. Okay. So we're going to go coaching, announcing, officiating. I'm going to change this. Bad coaching. These are from Twitter. Okay. Bad coaching, bad announcing, bad officiating. So, um, interesting. So, we have to like one of these. You got to fuck one, marry one, and kill right. one. So, we, so, what would you rather spend the rest of your life with? Bad coaching, announcing, officiating. And which one okay. are you saying, fuck that and killing it? I will go bad coaching because bad coaching I could benefit off of. I, at least I could – there's a lot of bad coaches in the NFL – and I could use that to my advantage. I, you, you know, Tommy, I'm all about the coaches, all about the schemes of teams. And even if it's not a good plan, at least if I know what that coach wants to do, I can benefit directly or indirectly off of it. So I'm going to marry bad coaching because at least that's something I know. The I will fuck bad officiating because every now and mm. then, not often, mind you, but every now and then you get the benefit of the doubt. 
you get the extra yards, you get the you know penalty that goes into your favor, that you know whatever it may be. It's not often. It feels like it goes against us more than it goes for us. But every now and then, thus the one off, the fucking is perfect. And I, I'm I'm killing bad announcing. I don't like announcers. I believe a high percentage of the <laughs> the radio guy doesn't like announcers. I hate him. I hate it. I don't listen to. I don't listen to games. I don't listen. To, I believe ninety percent of the bullshit you see on whether it be Twitter or you know regurgitated information from fantasy analysts are always stemmed from the broadcasts. The broadcasters have their agenda. They bring up a. They have a storyline or some sort of bit that they do, and then people hear that. And who call themselves a fantasy analyst, and they regurgitate that shit, blah, 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 blah. and that pisses me off immensely. So I'm killing bad announcing. That is the wrong decision. No, I'm going to tell right you decision. that you were wrong. Now, it doesn't matter for anyone who's new listening to this. Whatever Jeff says on "fuck Mary Kill," if I don't agree with it, it's wrong. Yeah, of course. Uh, it's the beauty of going second. Sure. So I make him go first all the time. I just say he's wrong. That's a good point. But um, I do like the point you made with officiating, though. I think you just changed my rankings a little bit where bad officiating actually does help you sometimes. So you fuck that because every once in a while it's good, right? You don't want to live with it, but every once in a while it's like, yeah, you know, I'll take that. I'll stick my dick in that because it just gave me a free, I got the running back and there's a pass interference that shouldn't have been called in the end zone. Now I get my one yard touchdown run. So, you know, it sucks when you're on the other side of it. So I'm going to fuck officiating, but I'm going to flip the two. I'm going to actually kill bad coaching. Um, it's been my rant for basically the last week. I have not stopped on this. Fuck the coach. Poor Cynthia Freeland is probably ready to kill herself because of the <laughs> amount of texts. Yeah, no, but no, but because of uh, the texts that we send back and forth, I, it's just me screaming at the fucking games because you're busy fucking tweeting out fucking live play by play. Everyone else is fucking out drunk. So Cynthia's, I know, watching it. So I'm sitting there fucking texting. Like, what the fuck aren't they calling timeout? Why are they not running the ball? Why are they not doing this? Fucking losing my goddamn mind. I, there's nothing in the world I hate more than losing bets or losing fucking DFS games because of bad coaching. And there's a lot of it. Here's why I'm going to marry bad announcing. Okay? Because you're Think a about fucking this. follower. No, I'm going to marry. I do like listening to announcers because I'm smart enough to differentiate the bullshit from the good shit. I lost you. You're smart enough. What would you say? That's true. (laughs) Perceptive enough. I should never say smart. Um, The thing about announce bad announcing is like a wife. If I'm going to marry it, it's annoying and it's just white noise, but I can hit the mute button so I could always mute bad announcing just like if my girl or my wife was sitting next to me going meh, 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 meh. i could just go yeah How do you yep, mute just that? nod I've been and mute. for 18 years i you just ignore it right so you could just shut it down see the beauty of of me is that i'm still single I drink right i'm still single and i don't live with them right so like i mute it where it's like bah, bah, bah. you know you just kind of okay here just put the head down go put that in your mouth <laughs> And, uh, and then they're usually done. So, uh, but yeah, I, I can usually. mute announcing. I like the usually, usually. in there. There's no, and there's still... a lot of them that like right when they finish going but down. What do like, you anyway. think about going to my mother's? Mm. <laughs> like, <laughs> you want to go chop out? Mm, mm, mm. <laughs> like, sometimes they don't stop. That's funny. No. Or sometimes they pick right back up where they left right. off when they're done. That's even worse. But uh, yeah, so I can mute bad announcing and I can fucking get rid of it. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to marry yeah. that. Um, let's do a quick Thanksgiving themed one here, Jeff. Oh, okay. How look at you in the holiday spirit. It's, it's coming. Sudden. Thanksgiving's coming around. Yes, it it's is. coming around. All right. Yeah. So I want to get you in the mode, get you in the spirit of the holidays. Okay. Thanksgiving, 
themed fuck marry kill it's a pretty simple one thanksgiving day food thanksgiving day football thanksgiving day family oh okay so food is encompasses everything everything all food all all the football games on that thursday and all the family that will be at your house wow you want to kill family so bad don't you but you can't yeah i'm i'm gonna kill family (laughs) <laughs> uh not even close really just, i just only so much i can nothing not even close i'm just not that interested like what the conversations what are they going to talk about like this is the same shit my two brothers are going to fight uh we're gonna talk about the wedding for my sister-in-law we're gonna i mean it's all the same stuff so it's just like eh, i could talk about it anytime i'm just not interested i'm married to football Football is one of the smartest things I've ever done. When I started dating my wife in college, I told her at that Sundays are football. It's not never changing. You either accept me or don't accept me. Based no apple picking. On, no, there's no, there's no yeah. even when and we didn't have kids. Obviously, when we have kids, there will be no kids stuff on. There's nothing on Sundays. You can't join at my. You have to set that early, Jeff. I, and that yeah, it was that. the best thing I've ever done. I said it right from the beginning. I had no money coming in from it. It was just. I like football, I like sports, I like yeah, playing fantasy. This is my day. This is my church. That was my temple. So, uh, yeah, football, I'm married to it anyway. So, football is married now. I'll fuck the food. It's so delicious. I, I won't order, like, turkey dinner in, like, May. You know what I mean? Like, I'll right. order or a sandwich, but I'm not going to order it. Like, who gets a – what kind of weird monster do you have to be to order turkey dinner, like, on you know, <laughs> a Thursday in May? Like, who does that? Nobody does that shit. You know the biggest monsters are people that order fucking Slurpees and only get one flavor. Oh my god, the worst! Those people are fucking like serial killers. Yeah, th- exactly. They that's we need more profiling in this country. Like that, right that's there. the way we have cameras like in every Seven Eleven. Like- yet we're not locking up these people that are going. Oh, 64 ounces of straight strawberry. What this is my lucky day? Like no, you have all you have peach and banana and blue, red, green. You have all these flavors, and you choose one for 64 They're, ounces. These people are profiling through like what they wrote on Facebook and what they're tendencies where a meeting in psychiatrist just go to the fucking 7-eleven camera anyone who puts less than two flavors and two you're like borderline schizophrenic like you're not normal with two three is the normal number you should have three flavors or more in your slurpee or else you're a fucking psychopath it's like the people that order like straight i'll have a large vanilla like, oh my God, uh, what the fuck? You just Imagine go- going to Carvella or one of those places and getting a vanilla ice cream. You, I mean, yeah, you're, I'm going to Baskin Robbins. They have 32 flavors or whatever. Yeah. It's like, yeah, I love the biggest something. vanilla you could possibly buy. <laughs> vanilla. Can you, and vanilla. by the way, and you, you know, can you water it down? Can you dunk it in a vat of hot water? For me, because I, you know, it's really too pungent. It's really just that vanilla is spicy. <laughs> Ooh, it's a spicy. Like, what kind of freaking animal are you? Like, you're allowed to buy a pint or a quart, whatever they're fucking called, of vanilla ice cream. That's totally fine. Right. And you because you don't like want to eat a whole fucking... Yeah, you don't want to eat a whole fucking gallon of fucking Reese's Peanut Butter Cup ice oh, cream. So vanilla, yeah, you put it with apple pie. You can put it with exactly. a bunch of things you that you're up, making. Whatever. But if you go buy a cone and you have a choice of Especially a all large these different, cone. Like, I'm going to get a uh, big freaking thing of, of just vanilla. vanilla. And that's it. And can you can you put it in the microwave for like forty five seconds too? It's like what the fuck? What's wrong with you? Can I just have vanilla soup? Serial killers. What's wrong with you? Serial killers. The Slurpee. I just remembered. I put my Slurpee in my freezer. I'm gonna check on that thing in a little bit. But um. So all right. So my answer. So your your final answer was you're gonna kill your family 
I just I just want you to say that again. Kill my just family. Say that for, you're going to kill your family. Yep. Okay, for the sound clip. Yep. Uh, you're going to marry football and you're going to fuck food. Absolutely. I always say I fucked fruit. So and you actually, I could see you sticking your dick in a bowl of mashed potatoes. Uh, you know what? That, that would actually probably feel pretty good. Like that's a good thing. I used you to need stick my dick resistance. in and on. Yeah, I used to stick my dick in and on everything. Yeah, it's, that's real talk. That's not like being funny on the podcast. No, no, just it, like I you anything still do that it was or like, you used to do it. I'm gonna do it sometimes. Depends. Like I've already kind of felt most things. I remember rubbing mine on the the couch cushions when I was like twelve or something. Like I, I thought it was the greatest thing ever. I used to rub it on everything. I was like a fucking like just smear it on like the bathroom sink. Yeah, horny baby Labrador with like a fucking red <laughs> rocket sticking out, like running around the house. What? Like, ooh, this seems soft. Let me rub my dick on it. Tommy's mom was like, "What a fucking Cujo come across here?" <laughs> what the hell's going on? <laughs> the hell? No, Tommy's just whipping his dick out again. Oh, Tommy! It's just Tommy being Tommy. So mine would I would let me think here. I am gonna. I'm gonna have to kill the family. I'm with you, man. Yes. You're right on that. You got it. You got to kill Good. Thanksgiving family. Good. You got to, because it just turns into a fucking shit show. Like I don't know. I'm Italian from Jersey, so maybe you guys have different family lives or something. But I mean, by the end of the night, like my whole family's fighting by the end of the night, especially if your family drinks at all. Like my whole family's at war by the end of every holiday. So it's like, yeah, fuck that. Like I'll I'll kill the Thanksgiving family. Um, I'm gonna marry the food. Because it's my favorite day to go into a food com- coma. Some of my favorite foods. I love the cranberry sauce and the turkey and the mashed potatoes and the sweet potatoes and the desserts and the sweet potato pie and fucking pudding. Fucking all of it. Give me all that. So I'm going to marry the food and fuck football. Because a lot of times these games suck or they're boring or they're just fucking bland. So we don't always get a good football Thursday or I lose in DFS or I lose my bets. So well, you always there's always DFS. yeah, there's always <laughs> negatives to that. <laughs> there's always negatives to football if it goes the wrong way. So I'm just going to fuck football. Um, let's stay on this topic for one more second okay. then we'll pivot back over to back over to football. So when you're at this is an impromptu one here, Jeff. Uh-oh. I'm going to think of them right now. Great. So when you're at the family dinner. So since we're both killing family, let's answer this question. Yes. What's worse? Political talk at dinner with the family. Oh, God. Um, family making you shut football off while you're eating. Oh, my God. No. Or no. let me think. What's my other favorite thing? To lay down on a couch. So let's say someone, the whole couch being full. So you go to lay down on the couch after the trip to fan kicks in, and there's no spots on the couch, and all the little kids are in it doing dumb shit, and you, you got to sit down in a chair. Fuck, marry, kill. Political talk. Not having your spot on the couch or someone shutting off football. How can these are all just terrible? Yep, you got to live with one of them forever. I will live on. I will live with and marry the spots on the couch being taken. I I suppose I could figure something out. Stand, lay down, whatever. Even though it's a real shitty thing. If you go to somebody else's house, don't take their seat, assholes. You guys like too much of that kind of shit going on. Respect the home you go to. Um. Wow. Nobody nobody makes me shut off football. Neck that does not But they had that's the thing. They ha, they are. Yeah, and that has they happened are. before. I I mean in a way I almost want to fuck it because it's it would I would it would bring me so much joy to walk out of that place. I would just be like, get more than I'm just gone. And I wouldn't even argue. It would just be like boom. Like me at the end of me, Irish goodbye in. You know what I mean? One day we're, we're, yeah. we're high five, and next thing you know, word man's go. Oh, he left half hour ago. He's fucking dirty. Like, oh, right. 
Um, but I'm going to kill that one. You don't turn off my football. Period. That does not happen. Political talk is atrocious. But there is that savage part of me. Like, there's that once every so often part of me that I kind of like people getting really upset. And I'll take right. the – I've done this with you before. The popcorn. I love taking the opposite side. I don't believe yeah. in any of it, by the way. I don't care yeah, no. what your affiliations are. I just love fucking with you. I learned when you're I'm yeah, starting yeah. to learn you when you do with me. You used to fucking drive me insane. It was so great. It was so much fun oh, for me. And I, I wanted loved to stab it. you. I loved it because you got so mad. Oh, Anytime I could really I have that that's why I put oh. up with DC because like that part of just trolling, <laughs> I really like. I if people are gonna love something that much, I love fucking with it. So I'll fuck I'll fuck the political talk every now and then. All right. So you're gonna marry losing your spot on the couch. Yeah. Okay. All right. I'm going to also marry losing my spot on the couch. Okay. Um, even though that's probably more important to me than food and football. Like, that's my thing. Like, we finish eating. Everyone knows I got my spot on the couch. I ain't fucking moving. The kids could be running over top of me. It don't matter. I'm kicking back with the feet up for five hours watching the rest of the football games. But I'm going to – what did I say I was going to do with that? I'm going to marry that because I feel like I, I'll just fucking take a pillow and lay on the floor. I don't give a shit. Right. I'm laying down. Like, I'm laying down somewhere. So anyone who tries to shut football off during dinner is, has, has a problem. Yeah. I'm in the same spot with you. But I'm going to fuck that one. Because if I were in a situation where I had a brand new girl and I was going to her parents' house for Thanksgiving and I really liked her. I mean, this is obviously a fucking hypothetical fairy right. tale. But, and I was really trying to make a good impression. And we even specified to them, Tommy works in sports. And she was like, can we please just for 45 minutes, can we have the game off? I'd be like, fine. That, that's okay. I'd sneak it on my lap on the updates on my phone or something. But, so I'll fuck that. I'm killing political talk at dinner. Because the problem is every time I get into a political conversation with 99% of people, I know more than them politically. So I'm basically arguing with the Twitter troll. Like I'm arguing with someone who knows about gay marriage or about abortion and doesn't know the first thing about what the Glass-Steagall Act is or what Goldman Sachs does or how interest rates affect the economy or any of that shit. So it's like I'm, talk I'm arguing down to people who are screaming louder than me to compensate for their lack of information. And my family is so split that, like, you talk about the Trump wall. Yeah. There's already a Trump wall between my family. I can't imagine any family in America having the divides my family has now because of political talk. So wow. fuck that. Killing that one. Get it what out of the way. Even you, though it's, what pisses you off more? Them talking about politics or them talking about sports? I'm fine. At least they're – even this dumb, at least I can fucking, like, tolerate it because I can the educate them on can, it. Oh, they're the political because the political talk they have taken. They'll talk sports and they'll say some shit for a couple hours, and then two hours later, their life goes back to normal. The political shit has like affected every day of every minute of their Facebook and of their social media. And I'm just like, you don't even know what you're talking about. You know three things, and you're fucking sitting here screaming about three things. If you can't tell me what the Glass Siegel Act is or what a ninja loan is, you can't talk politics. You have to know the economic side, too. You can't just speak on the social topics. You have to know both and about immigration and about all this shit that's going on. You can't just pick your favorite topics and make an all-encompassing debate around that. So anyway, fuck this. This is a January conversation. I'm going to go crazy right now. Um, let's, let's talk. We'll go into the week, head, week 11 look ahead. But first, I want to talk about this KC Rams game with you, Jeff. Okay. Uh, this game was in Mexico. It broke yesterday. 
Uh, give us the information on what's going on with this game, where they're moving it yeah, to. Yeah, they were start. supposed to play in Mexico City. It's been scheduled all year. The final part of their the NFL whatever series, international series or whatever they call it. But Which is so dumb. And, and Monday night, they were showing the field, and they were saying, hey, it's getting ready. And, and I, I remember specifically thinking, wow, that field sucks. That's in bad shape. Yeah. I can't believe that. Turns out there was a Shakira concert. In that stadium, like recently, like this week or last She's so week, fucking hot. Oh yeah, dude. it was dirty as oh, dirty as all get out. So sexy I guess, and it trashed the field. The field was unplayable or so bad that several prominent players talked to the NFL and told their teams that they were refu- they were going to re- outright refuse to play. Which, by the way, I, just for that alone, I would love to have called their bluff because I would love. Right. What would you do if yeah, like, Tyreek Hill sat out? Like, what would you do? Like, well, you know what's funny? The uh, dude, they, we never found out who they were, right? Jeff? No, not yet. No, I will bet every fucking dollar in my paycheck that every single one of them was on the Rams. I think they're all Chiefs. I bet you every single one of them was on the Rams because that's a huge game, right? Where you uh, this counts as a home game for the Rams yes. in what could potentially be a Super Bowl preview and could you know give them the lead over the Saints or you know the Chiefs obviously in a big spot. And the Chiefs would love nothing more than to keep that game on a neutral site and not have to go to L.A. to play that game. So I would bet my life that even if a Chief had a problem with it, Andy Reid pulled them in a room and said, Tyreek, shut your fucking mouth. We are getting a neutral site game that should be in L.A. in a must-win game for our future right now and our buys and all that shit. So I would bet every dollar that fucking McVay, who's savvy, pulled his whole team in a room and said, Gurley, Goff, Cooks, Woods, come here. Come here, Don- yeah, Donald. You want to come too? C- come here, and Damakan. You're going and saying you are not playing <laughs> in this game. Did you just call him Damakan too? And Damakan, you're saying you're saying you are not playing in this game, and we are fire, and we are flying right back into the fire in L.A. and playing it over there. That's it's like you saying Damakan, and Damakan, Damakan, like and Donkey Kong, Decepticons, 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 advance. The uh, yes, you're probably right because uh, now the ran- now it's in L.A. So the game yeah, is back in that's Los a Angeles. huge disadvantage for the Chiefs on Monday Night Football. It's a home game for the Rams, like it was originally scheduled before the international series shit happened. So you know, I just want to see these two teams play because this is a very likely Super Bowl scenario, and it would, it would be mm-hmm. a great game to watch. It's got a high total, a lot of great fantasy impact, and it's actually going to intrigue me enough that I might actually play a showdown slate this year, Tommy. Yeah, I'm in that same mode. It's going to be fun uh, just to look at it because there's so many high-priced players on that showdown slate. That'll probably be the biggest showdown slate of the year for sure. I could see pretty much everyone wanting a taste of that, um, getting a piece of that. Who's I the think gem the fun- in that game? Who's the, who's the guy who's going to win all the money for people in, that, in the showdown slate for that Monday night game? I mean, I think in that situation we got to see. Is Watkins playing officially? Let's assume he is. He's leaning that way. I think that's a guy that you want to take a shot on. I think he's going to be one of those low-owned guys, right? Because you got to get low-owned. Everyone's going to have Gurley. Everyone's going to have Hunt. Um, you're going to have huge ownership on them. So I'm going to be looking at guys like Higby and Watkins. Those at- are the two guys that I'm going to go for. Because you got to just you got to get weird, right? Yeah. And you're going to need some salary savers. So keep in mind, this is a game where there should be a lot of points scored. And, you know, kickers are going to have a lot of volume. They get extra points in that showdown slate. So... You know, kickers are kicking five field. I mean, three field goals and five extra points. You know, they'll be valuable there too. So I think you got to get off the chalk. Oh yeah, and you're gonna have to. You're gonna have to bink. So one you're gonna game freaking slate. You have to be different. Demetrius right. Harris. 
Backup tight end for the Chiefs. Mark it down. Wins Ooh. all the money for everybody this week. All the money. Demetrius Harris. Yeah, how about that Hold shit? On, let me write this down. Yeah, here. mark it down. And let me turn my alarm off. Why is my alarm going off at 6.15? Oh, you've got to get up for work today. <laughs> <laughs> Did you hear about that one show when I literally, my alarm went off at like 2.30 when I was on with Rob? Uh, oh, and, no, and, no. and he was like, why'd your alarm go off? I'm like, that was literally for me to wake up because yeah. <laughs> I got so fucked up the night before. Oh, yeah. But um, yeah, who do you think wins this game, Joe? I will say the Rams. I think they do Give have. Give me a score prediction, too. Uh, Rams 38-34. They're going to be high scoring. Both defenses highly susceptible. Um, Rams are at home. They have the better running game slightly, so I'll give it to the Rams. You ready for the Tommy G uh, Shaka? Oh, I'm doing the shocker sign to Jeff. No. The shocker. Well, that you're Kansas on the City Chiefs. Wins. It's not going to surprise me. Well, no, that's fine. Kansas City. I'm actually more of a Rams mark than a Chiefs mark. Really? Um, I just I just started adopting the Chiefs and buying in a few weeks ago, but I've been a Rams. Dude, my uh, my preseason guide, I had Rams-Pittsburgh Super Bowl plus 2,800. I had so Rams-Jaguars. <laughs> yeah, work. so I've been a Rams mark you know, most of the year here. Um, I'm actually flipping because I don't like what I'm seeing out of McVay. Um, I also don't like that they don't have Cooper Cup. I think Cooper Cup is crucial. You you talk about that all the time, the relationship it's with true. Goff and Cooper Cup. I saw Goff men, melt down, like literally melt down at the end of that Saints game in big spots. And then I saw McVay melt down last week with terrible play calling and being conservative. I'm going to say that the Chiefs win it. Um, I'm going to say it's low scoring, um, low comparatively. I think this is like a 27-24 final for the Chiefs. I think this thing goes way under. Because both these coaches, I can imagine playing this more like a playoff game, being a little more conservative, trying to grind out clock, get the running game going. And I think we're going to see a lot of girly and a lot of hunt, which is going to eat up a lot of clock because I don't think either team could stop the other. One thing I will say about the Chiefs is their defense is getting better. Justin Houston back from his mm-hmm. injury and Daniel Sorensen, their starting strong safety, also back. That's going to help out. You remember, they've been without both their starting safeties and Eric Berry and Sorensen all season long. Sorensen's back. Berry's not. Um, but Justin Houston, him being back, it, you know, another pass rusher there. They're really the only pass rusher they have. Right. So I, I think this, this helps the Kansas City defense a little bit that has performed much better in recent weeks than we saw the first six weeks of the season. You're going to see these teams both get better. You'll see the Rams get better. Uh, obviously, the Tlaib. Chiefs getting all these guys back and then getting Barry back. And then, yeah, you're going to see the Rams. I think that defense flips on its head. How can it not back. be? How? Why are they not good now? I just don't understand. Because right now, and I, here's my take on it. They're literally, when you have, like, you know, obviously you're looking at probably the defensive player of the year, right, on the Rams? Aaron Donald, yeah. I mean, you have to assume he's the, well, the DPOI right now, right? <sighs> but he should not be. I'll tell you that. Because... But here's the thing: he just he just fucking flies up field to try and get a sack every time. Yeah. Like they're not defend for the amount of studs they have on that line. They're not defending. The run- they're just playing for sacks a right. lot of times. They're running Selling past people to pass rush. Right. I mean, and you you have a lot of guys on that D line that are a little bit selfish, even though they're superstar athletes. They want the stats. They want the numbers. The personal fouls are an issue. It wasn't just last week where they got five personal fouls. I mean, this defense is keeping teams on the field, whether it's Peters making terrible pass interference, you know, pass interference penalties because he can't guard anyone, or the defensive lineman just getting personal foul after personal foul for beating the shit out of quarterbacks and fucking slamming them into the ground. They're extending drives, and this is they did it last 14 points last week. We're giving away because of because of defensive penalties. So 
I think it's a combination of factors, but that secondary looks looks really bad. Linebackers we knew were bad. Right. So, I mean, everyone just looks at the front four, and they kind of don't really look too deep at what's behind it They've right got now. good players, but they're not playing well within Wade Marcus Phillips Peters is scheme. terrible. Yeah. You know, and he was something that was supposed to be a linchpin over there. Um, all right, so you got that. We got that game out of the way. Let's talk about um, this week 11 look ahead here, Jeff. Uh, I want to see if we can get to some Twitter questions and some fantasy fuckboys from the week before. But let's start with the Week 11 look ahead from a DFS perspective. One of the positives of recording today instead of recording yesterday, by the way, this podcast is completely different than yesterday. Yes. Um, yeah, it's not even the same thing. No. Um, but let's talk. The nice thing is we had an extra day to do more research for DFS. So I'm more locked in than oh, I was yesterday. Oh, we should have shit? Yeah, we should have. We should have probably yesterday. So um, let's let's look at the quarterbacks a little bit here. Um, on this slate that's coming up um okay not a lot of them i mean look at it this way brady um brady rogers russell wilson pat mahomes cousins. jared goff kirk cousins and mitch trubisky all off <laughs> like dude they're fucking quarter- that's crazy like all three of those games have six elite quarterback options yes. on them yes all four, all six quarterbacks in the primetime games, Thursday, Sunday, and Monday, are all fantastic. The only, the, we have six teams on by this week, but they're all, for one, they're all shitty teams, which originally when I was looking at this, I thought, oh, okay, great. It doesn't impact our fantasy that, teams that much, but it does. Why? Because we always target against the fucking Bills, Browns, mm-hmm. Dolphins, Jets, 49ers. Like, we target against it. So now you're yep. taking away targets. Now you're taking all these guys off the main slate. Holy shit, the quarterback position, not easy. I think it comes down to Drew Brees at home against Philly. Philly's defense is yeah. pretty pretty awful, so I think yeah. it's a Brees week. I'm very – in cash games, you're going to see Phillip Rivers, I'm sure, listed prominently. I haven't graded it officially out yet, but this guy's the only quarterback in the NFL with two or more touchdown passes in every game. And Cam Newton against Detroit, that's another one that, even though it's a road game, they had, they've had 10 days to prepare for it. Detroit's defense has been a bag of shit, and I, I think Cam Newton in in you know, very important game to stay afloat in the division. Uh, I think we're going to see good Cam out there in Detroit this week. I, I don't I don't mind that. Uh, I think it's Breeze or bust for most people, right? I mean, I I've got to imagine that Breeze is going to be just fucking stupid chalk this week, right? Should be, yeah. I mean, here's I, the thing. Here's what I'm hoping. And I'm hoping that people see Philly and they're like, oh, that's a good game. So it's not as good as matchup. Whereas for me, I love it. I love the fact that it's going to be a competitive game. I like, I love when a quarterback is in a tight game. I don't like, one of the reasons I've been against Mahomes lately is because I felt the game flow was just too one-sided. I like Mm -hmm. them. I love when Breeze is forced to throw and throw and throw and throw. That's fantastic. So I'm hoping people see Philly and still think, oh, Super Bowl champs. (laughs) But unfortunately, the sharper players are obviously going to identify that they're second. And Vegas kind of Vegas kind of fucked us on that with the nine minus point line. nine. So yeah, that's not good. Everyone's going to see that. So, yeah, I mean, I'm with you. I think the chalk this week is going to be Breeze and Wentz uh, with Cam in like an honorable Cam mention third, around. maybe yeah. maybe even second. You know, he might be up there at Detroit. But those three guys are really where everyone's going to be going. Um, so, you know, outside of that, I think there's there's. Guys, you could take a flyer on if you're playing a single entry GPP, or if you're playing cash games. Then obviously you're going with one of those three guys. Um, but it, it's it's pretty up in the air. This is, quarterback is one of those positions that I'm going to have to keep digging all the way until our live stream Friday night. Yeah, like I'm going to be digging and digging and digging, trying to find that that little nugget 
to find another quarterback there that I really have a lot of interest in because I have no interest in Ben. Deshaun Watson will have some ownership. Mariona will have some ownership. Um, Stafford I have no interest in. Andrew Luck, he's fine. But you know Fitzpatrick might be interesting. Well, that might be a guy there who I think is going to slide under the radar a little bit. Yeah. Do you want to, uh, let's have a discussion of somebody that I know, whether you play him or not, you're at least going to entertain the idea because you're fucking lunatic. RG3. <laughs> likely starting against Cincinnati for the Baltimore Ravens. Remember, Flacco's out. He's gone. Yeah. And it's yeah. not Lamar Jackson. Every, I saw my seasonal leagues and waivers. Everybody picks up Lamar Jackson. Like, I had told everyone before the year, this guy sucks. He's not ready. He's Lamar not Jackson starting. is not ready, nor was he ready. Shouldn't be starting. Right, and he's not. So you get RG3 for absolutely baseline probably. I think it was 4,000 on DraftKings, something yeah, like that. Dirt, dirt. So I mean, and he looked good in the preseason. I fucking hate. Listen, I always. I know, hate but it's like he did look pretty good. He's, he's forty seven hundred, so I guess it's not you know as big as this guy. It's big. Forty seven. It's not. If he, no, I mean he should be four K. If he's four K, that makes it really interesting. Right. He's forty seven though, but so that's not not great. But I mean that's something. If you're gonna punt, remember he does run. Cincinnati is brutal. Yeah. Their no, defense that's not, is terrible. That's not terrible. Baltimore has to win. Has to win this game. To save John Harbaugh or have any chance, so RG three has to win. Like this is his last chance yeah. at fucking making a statement. So even if it's so. rushing, I mean, you look I don't at hate it. it. You know, 40 I don't rushing. hate it. I mean, he's going to get hurt in the second quarter, but I don't hate it. Yeah. So. Um, if if it's a real deep flyer uh, at the running back position, we're going to see um, pretty balanced week from what I think because there's a lot of guys in pretty decent spots, right? Like, I mean, obviously you're going to have Kamara who's going against Philly in that shootout game. That's going to have some interest there. You're going to have McCaffrey, who's always a darling against Detroit. Um, Zeke is probably my favorite play on the week against Atlanta. David Johnson against Oakland. You know, there, there's a lot. You always got Saquon and Fournette. And, I mean, there's a lot of guys in here at running backs. The opposite of quarterback, in my opinion. Yeah, it, there's so many. But they're all top-end guys. I mean, the one thing we know yes. is we're going to have to go to the mid-tier most likely at quarterback. We're going to have to go to the mid and lower tier value at wide receiver because you need two top end running backs. There's just between Saquon, Zeke Elliott, McCaffrey, even David Johnson, who's now priced up. Um, Kamara's always in play. Gordon's always in play. So there's just too many guys to fade all of them. Even without Gurley, we're, we're still going to have to pay up. It's, it's going to be a little bit easier building a lineup because we don't have the 10K Todd Gurley. But unfortunately, we still have 8,900 Melvin Gordon, 8,500 Zeke Elliott, and so on and so forth. So the one thing I'll say about Zeke is we you guys got to pay attention to what's going on with these teams. And I, I remember screaming about people last week who loved Tariq Cohen and Jordan Howard and said, well, Detroit's not that bad against the run anymore. And they're like, oh, my God, yeah, they are. They're 30th. And no, they got Damon Harrison. and Snacks. Snacks is there, and, and Ziggy Ons is back. The, and the Matt Patricia made a huge, bold statement like three, four weeks ago about they have to stop the run. They're selling out to stop the run, which means bringing linebackers up, not going back into coverage, safeties are cheating. That means their secondary is terrible. And exactly what we saw against Chicago where Trubisky carved them up. So don't think you, yet. McCaffrey's good. But Detroit's a lot better against the run than you remember. And in the Dallas-Atlanta game, Zach Martin, the right guard, might be out 
with a, another knee injury. It's his third knee injury of the year. Yeah, I feel bad for that guy. And just... Deion Jones for Atlanta is back. We don't know if he's playing yet. He's practicing with the team as of this recording. But remember, Deion, Atlanta, you can will give up receptions to running backs. But they are not bad against the run. Just playing and slip on the ground. Like they are, they only became bad right. when Deion Jones was down. Deion Jones coming back hurts. It's the same thing with Dallas on the other side. When Sean Lee's there, they stop the run. When Sean Lee's not, they don't stop the run. So you guys got to pay attention to these little nuances, especially in this week where all these little nuggets can swing. Do we go to Zeke? Do we go to Kamara? Do we go to freaking McCaffrey? Do we go to Gordon? Do we? Those little intricacies should tell the tale for you. Right, and I know I have one or two little kind of low-end backs um, that I do have interest in that are kind of sneaky, I think, in my opinion, this week. Um, I'm going to save those for GuruElite.com. So yeah. you got to get over to GuruElite.com and sign up for those. I'm just, we're just talking about the high-end guys on this pod. So the wide receiver position, uh, here's the weird thing, Jeff. It's kind of like everyone's priced up everywhere this week. You know, like, like you got to pay up a little bit almost everywhere. You're definitely going to be paying up at running back. The three quarterbacks we talked about, even though they're quote unquote mid tier, they're kind of high to mid. You know, like they're three of the usually the hot six highest priced guys uh, in that position. There's not that much value at wide receiver. I mean, there is. You got Traquan Smith, who a lot of people are going to roster, who's real cheap. Um, you have Sutton, who's still 4,600 for some ungodly reason because DraftKings just doesn't care about their players. Um, you have. And I mean, there's not that much else there unless you're going to venture into the fives, right? But in the fours, there's one other guy that I'm not going to mention that I'm super high on this mm. week. It, like, you're tremendously high. He's he's my favorite play. He's going to be on my main lineup for sure. Um, there's actually two that I'm not going to mention on here. GuruElite.com. Get the fuck over there if you want those. But, you know, it, it, it's going to be a lot of Beckham. It's going to be a lot of fucking Keenan Allen who's underpriced, 6700 this week. Michael Thomas, DeAndre Hopkins, like... Eh. These are going to be the guys. Even Corey Davis is almost 6K, so he's not really, like, cheap anymore. He's good, fairly priced. Yeah, I mean, I, I like him, too. It's a little tougher a matchup with Keenan Allen uh, playing inside of the slot uh, against right. Chris Harris, but, you know. It's, you rarely see him in the sixes. Yeah, exactly. So there's some good prices. There's a couple guys. I know exactly, by the way, who you're talking about, but uh, yeah. I'll, I'll leave it. Keepy seeky. I'm following, I'm following your. I'm following your. Keepy seeky. Tommy's Keepy a little. But who do you like fucker, though, guys? Who are who are one of your two favorite receivers for this week? Um, man, I mean Odell Beckham. <laughs> I mean, uh, yeah, it, you got to pick juicy. between Beckham and Saquon, and that's that's difficult. You know, it's not easy this week. Um, Levante David's also going to be out for Tampa. They've lost Quan Alexander, now Levante David, uh, Vinny Curry, three huge members of their defense. That's already been a bag of shit. It's a real t- – every time I play Odell Beckham, he has like three catches and it's they all suck. So that worries me. Yeah. But I think I like Beckham more than Saquon. But um, it's going gonna, it's gonna to be tough to di- differentiate which one of those two I use in cash. One of them will be in my cash lineup. Just not exactly sure right now which one. Yeah, I'm leaning Beckham in that, in that discussion just because I think there's a lot of – there's a plethora – of running backs that I could replace Saquon with on some level. And here's the big conundrum, Jeff. We've been talking about paying up at tight end to avoid, you know, the the spinning wheel of three-point games that we're seeing with the Njokus and all those guys all over the place. 
Zach Ertz is the nuts, right? Like that's the guy on the slate where you're sitting there, you know, Kelsey's not on the slate. Jimmy Graham's not on the slate. You know, it's basically Ertz that you're looking at up there. Who's the lone big salary guy. It's $2,000, but I mean, you can't go expensive quarterback, two expensive running backs, expensive tight end, unless you're going to play a bunch of three K receivers. And there's not a bunch of those. So if it's not Ertz, where do we go? Um, you don't, you just die. You're just going to play Ertz, right? Like with your new philosophy? Yeah. I mean, he's so expensive. I do like OJ Howard a lot, though. So, yeah, that, my dude. That would be the pivot if you're not going to go Ertz. So, those likely one of those two, which I don't feel it's that big of a risk with Howard. I know it wasn't a good week last week, but I'm okay with it. But as the, of uh, now, Ertz is the plan. I don't know why OJ Howard's price dipped back down to the fours. So great. Like, I mean, why? Now, I see. I hate that. You, you love it. I'm like, come on. Right. Like, I want the game as hard as physically possible. For cash, you want it as easy and rely on dumb people to fuck it up, right? But for, I'm like, fuck, man. Just because he had one bad game, you're going to make him, you know, 4,900 again? So that's pissed me off. I, I'm going to fucking crack up so hard this week when I have Doyle on a lineup and everyone's on Ebron again, all the donkeys. It's. You know, Ebron has like three catches every game. They just happen to like all be touchdowns. Right. You know, so it's like that's not sustainable long term. So I'm hoping that by the end of the week, we start to see the Doyle's going to be like 4% and Ebron's going to be like 15, 20%. And I can't wait for that reverse pivot on what should happen, which is Doyle outproduce Ebron. So I called the Ebron the, thing last week. Yeah. You did. You did. Yeah, I don't, I don't and like now, Doyle. But now, but now everyone's recency bias is going to be like, right. oh, fuck Doyle. Yep. It's Ebron. He's got like seven touchdowns in his last four games. And meanwhile, they're not going to look at the fact that if I asked anyone, what is, what is his high in catches since week six? If I told you it's three, you'd be like, what? Yeah. Like, there's no way. He scored like five touchdowns in that spot. Yeah, he has. Three catches each game for the last three games, and three targets for the last two games. So it's like, yeah, give me give me Jack Doyle at a hundred dollar discount, and that heads up. Yep, I, and then I, def- I, I, I will not play Doyle, but I, yeah. I'm, I'm, no, also I'm, I'm not I'm, chasing Ebron for sure. I know where I'm going for tight end too as my main one, my number one one. Which again, it'll be in the article, it'll be on the site. But Doyle will be in that conversation for sure. Um, I think it's going to be very contrarian this week. I don't think a fucking soul is going to play him. Uh, just because they're they worried about touchdown right. variants. Yeah. yeah, so that'll be a little sneaky one. I think James Conner at running back is going to be sneaky too against Jacksonville. I don't think that's the same Jacksonville defense um, that we've seen in the past. So that's a little a week 11 look ahead. Uh, me and Jeff are going to obviously be on the live streams and on the shows all week. We're going to be doing another 40 hours of research, and I'm done watching film, so I've finished watching all the games again. But now i got to start digging into all the metrics and numbers and all that stuff I hate. So, um, obviously, a lot of this can change by the end of the week. So, don't hold this as gospel. If you're a subscriber, we care about you. If you're not, eh, you're still listening to No Mercy. So, we don't, we don't mind you. Right. Um, let's do this real quick, Jeff. Yep. What I want to talk about is Uh-oh. you mentioned something today to me about an injury yeah. that you had. Oh, but dude. you didn't go into detail because you said you want to talk about it on the show. Are we really going to? And you had like a whole topic for it. You said, why don't we do embarrassing injuries? So I said, sure, whatever the fuck you want to do. So I'm, I'm, I'm hearing this for the first time. I'm waiting Holy to know what shit. embarrassing injury happened to you. Which one? Um, I don't know. Tell me all of them. I got well, two. Well, on Sunday, of. I'm sitting here and watching the games and doing all my shit. And I was sweating out the end of the game. Because I, I had a lot of Russell Wilson. My, Russell Wilson's the only quarterback I used, GPP and Cash. And my GPP lineup was smashing. So we were, Ted and I were at a 
like a huge level increase is a $5,000 increase for, I think we need like four more points, you know what I mean, plus the yards. So it was like so close, like right up there. Right. And he throws that last touchdown. They go up to Mike Davis, and we had to like wait for the fucking thing to correct and make sure we went ahead. And we went ahead. It was 5000 extra bucks. And I, I go, yeah, and I threw my fist like in the air. I, I pumped my fist or whatever. And the sh- uh, it shot. Pain went from my neck all the way down to my fingertips. And I'm like, immediately knew something was wrong. I knew I had torn something. So all day, all night, I like couldn't even move my hand. Couldn't move my arm. Everything's hurting. I thought it was my shoulder because I have two torn tendons on my shoulder already. So I thought, all right, he just fucked it up again. Whatever. Well, you know, cut to the chase. Wake up Monday morning. My elbow is the size of like a grapefruit hanging off of it. <laughs> I have like a blood <laughs> boil in my forearm. <laughs> and I must have, I might have torn my UCL. I'm pretty oh, sure I Oh, God, did. I hope you did. It I hope is you did. so bad. And it hurts. And it hurts when I type. I can't even hold my hand. I can't even touch this part of my I see you. Yeah, I see you right now. You look arm, fucking crazy. I can't even. It's so bad. This swelling in here. It's absolutely oh God, brutal. I hope you're really hurt bad. Dude, like, I hope it's something serious. I, I wish you. I want you to die. But it, it hurts <laughs> so bad. And I'm like, what a, what a fucking monster. Like, what's wrong with me? And, savage. But that's not the worst. That Well, that's one of the worst. The other thing I did just last night. After spending two oh, that's hours, not the worst thing. Okay. After two hours with you recording a podcast that will never exist, uh, <laughs> I decided. All right, well, it was really good though. You did a great job. I got to go and drink because my life sucks. Of course, I yeah. made a lot of wrong choices. Obviously, I'm proud of you. So that was a good choice. But no, I, it's not drinking. I went and we had a little bonfire in the backyard, have a thing, whatever. Mm-hmm. And the kids were roasting marshmallows and shit. Somehow, some way, I grabbed one of the the skewers, if you will. I grabbed that in the metal part. And there is an S. We have a camera set up. An S right here. You see that in my middle finger? Mm-hmm. And it continues on to this finger. <laughs> I burned into my finger. The, the thing went into my finger. Oh, and I have third degree burns. Fuck. Third degree here. Such a dumb fucking On my asshole. fucking fingers. And it's in like an S between my index it. and middle finger. Yeah. Oh, it's fucking great. It's not great. It hurts you like hell. And dumb, dumb fuck. You yeah, stupid fuck. I mean, fuck. seriously, I like that's it. one of those things. So I had my hand in a bucket of ice, and then I had to get vinegar because I guess vinegar is a thing, and I had to do all this. And I'm sitting there, I'm like, vinegar does exist. Yes, I have a, I have, it I've made. I guess it's great for for burns, and because really? I was going to go to the apple cider vinegar. To go to the ER, and I'm like, do we go to the ER? They're like, nah, they're not going to do anything. It's not like a, it's a huge burn. So you just got to right. kind of take care of it yourself. And it's like, all right. Yeah, they'll be like, you're, you know, you're a pussy. You just fucking suck it up. Right. So I did. Vinegar and, on it. Uh, and it hurts like hell. So, and then last night, well, this morning, I don't know, I go to sleep at like 3.30 in the morning. Right around 6.30, my kids are going to school. I woke up with a night terror, evidently, that I didn't know idea about. <laughs> I started screaming. You're such a pussy. Dude, I, I gripped, like I had, like I put my hand on like a, the pillow and it, like, I, whatever I did, I was dreaming that I burned myself again. Like it, it was burning and I couldn't move my hand because the pain was so bad. And I, I started screaming within my sleep. My wife runs in the room like, are you okay? What's wrong? I'm like, what? I'm like, I burned my hand. She goes, I know. Is it okay? Like, I'm like, no, I just did now. They're like, how did you burn your hand in bed? Like, I don't, and I'm like, you know, I'm in that moment of like, I don't know what's real anymore. <laughs> Fuck it. I mean, it's like, I'm a, just a mess. 
You're like a fucking broken down, like old jalopy, like that car that has like two hundred fifty thousand miles on it, but a sentimental value. Like you're fucking done, man. I so really think about am. this. I used Tom to Brady is your age. Though. I used to be, and I pay in it for the rest of my life. I'm going to pay for my accolades at a young, as a younger man. As a younger man, right. dude, it was great. And it, you're right, though. I'm a jalopy. It's a mess. It's I'm what Le'Veon Bell will be at fifty. You're a shit show. Think about it. Me and Drew Brees are the same age. You know, like, think about how much better shape that dude is. Like, I'm like a broken down fucking car, too. Um, embarrassing injuries? I have a couple of them. I'll, I'll name the most recent one. Uh, the most recent one, well, actually the most popular one, is the tire iron incident, which I'm pretty sure everyone knows about when I got my head bashed in with a tire iron. Um, and the funniest part about that is no one's actually seen the video that you've seen, Jeff, oh, yeah. where I was literally head split wide open you could like re- confirm what I'm saying step by step, so people don't think I'm lying here. Oh, yeah. how bad was my head? It was unbelievable. It's the grossest thing I've ever seen in my life. Right, like my brain was sticking out of my head. Basically, Gaping you could almost see my skull wound. Gaping. Tommy and I kept recorded you, I himself. Was, sent me the video <laughs> three minutes after it happened. He was pushing <laughs> his forehead that has a gaping hole that you could see like internal things, and the blood is going brruh, brruh, out of his fucking brain. <laughs> I've never seen anything like it, and I, I'm like, oh my god, dude, you this this is not. Real. And I was like laughing in the video, telling a story. You're telling a story, blah blah blah. Remember, I kept squishing guy, it blah, together. Blah, blah, I kept blah. pushing like, the pushing the flaps together to make it bleed more. I was like, look at this, it's like a mouth. It was <laughs> the most disgusting thing you'll ever see in your life. It was horrific. That, that was, people were like, why don't you post it? I'm like, dude, I'd probably get like banned from like social media if I. It was literally like. Like it didn't bother me then, but now I look at it, I'm like, oh fuck, it's dude, the what the worst fuck is wrong thing I've ever me? seen. And the fact that you were hit in the head with a tire iron, <laughs> like, but I mean, I I'll bring this up on the podcast, and someday I'll tell you maybe the bigger story. But this is true, hundred percent true of my life. The this affected me majorly because I had a friend murdered. Hit with a tire iron in his own garage while getting his car going to work. I used to work with him. He was murdered in Oak uh, Park, yeah. Illinois in 2010, September of 2010. And it, it was like a true fucking thing. And now you had, and how, you know, seven years later, six years later, whatever it was, it, it was like, I can't fucking believe this. Like, what the fuck is going on? Now, yours happened in a different city and everything else, but man. No one go near Jeff Mans. No if shit, you go near right? Jeff Mans, you're going to get hit with a tire iron. <laughs> Dude, it's not. But yeah, that was. It's, it's unbelievable. Like, I. I could not believe that that actually happened to you. Yeah, that was that was pretty crazy. So um so that happened. <laughs> but uh that wasn't even my most embarrassing story because I got fucking jumped with a tire iron. It was actually probably one of my shining moments cuz that video, that video was great cuz now everyone like is confirmed that I'm a psychopath. Um yes. but the other thing that I did was just Saturday night when I was I had a few drinks in me. And Eddie Motz has a thing that hangs over his, like, bottom step. Like, just the bottom step or two where you got to kind of duck your head a little bit to get under that, like, top step. Like, you would have to duck your head. You'd have to bend over because you're, like, six foot 12. Yeah. So, but, like, even, even me only being, like, 5'11", like, I got to duck down a few inches to get under that to then walk up normally. So, I'm chasing his little kid around, chasing Caden. Caden goes flying up the steps. I go flying up behind him full speed and just, like, jump and bang like just bang 
And I fucking come down. My hat comes off. I'm fucking like, whoa. Oh, my God. And I, I'm, I'm not even worried about the pain because I'm just like, I hope no one saw me. Right? right so yeah, I yeah. just go outside. And then I'm drunk, too. So I'm like, oh, that fucking hurt. Like, my neck hurt almost as much as my head because it's just, dang, like the top of my head. Like, I slammed myself. Like, I pile drive myself on the ceiling. And then the whole night, I was just like, ah. So I just kept drinking more and more and more. Go to my Twitter timeline from that day. Um, me and Mott's got to a point where it was so drunk when I was like, put a lime in my drink. And not, unintentionally, he stuck a whole lime in my drink. That like, was on you know, Twitter, th- that, was, that was real. Right. Yeah. That wasn't like us joking around. So the next day, I was like, what the fuck? My head. And I was slurring the whole next day. And I was on the phone mad lab. I'm like, I can't talk today. I don't know why my brain's not working. I just thought I was that hungover. And now I still have this huge bump on the top of my head, and it's cut from that. So I think I gave myself a concussion and just never went in the protocol. Uh, and then at Eddie Amatz's house also, um, I got excited because I won a qualifier two years ago. Sent you the video, Jeff. You've seen it. And uh, went and punched a fucking hole in his wall uh, without realizing there was concrete behind the sheetrock. Snapped my wrist. You, broke it. It was sideways. Yeah, it was, was bad. Sideways. And we went out drinking. Yeah, <laughs> we went out drinking right after that. You see me on the video, right, Jeff? I'm like, oh, yeah. ah, it's broken. Yeah, 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 that's broken. Yep. And uh, and we went out and drank for three hours. I wrapped it up with a fucking ace bandage, and then I went to the hospital the next day. I, uh, I hurt. I wrecked my ankle qualifying for a, in a qualifier. I'll never forget. It was late game before I moved to Arizona, but it was the Diamondbacks, and Paul Goldschmidt hit a walk off double to yep. to win me the cue, and I jumped from my chair. And it came down, my, my ankle went, my foot went sideways. Like, <laughs> and it was, it was so small. I think the qualifier was like eight weeks later, and I was still hobbled. I could barely walk. How fucked up are we that we actually get injured playing fantasy? We're like, that, that's, that's what you I mean. Know you're I, I am a up. mess. Like, I want to I wanna argue with you so much, but it's true. You're just as dumb. Yeah. You're just as fucking dumb. I really am. So let's end this with F that, Jeff, our new segment, which uh, SiriusXM was ho- was housed on too SXM. Hot but serious. It's too hot for serious because the millennials don't like anything that offends them. So uh, we're gonna we're not letting this die, Jeff. No. We're bringing it over here to oh. no mercy. So uh, give me your F that, son. Oh, um, so many different directions to go. I could just do Le'Veon Bell a million times, but I won't. I'm going to go to the world of NBA basketball, Tommy G. How about that? What? This is different than last night's. You know that I am always about NBA. (laughs) Uh Uh-huh. Yeah, you love the NBA. (laughs) I hate NBA sometimes. But listen, Carmelo Anthony, can we just stop with trying to make Carmelo Anthony happen? It's it's 10 years since he won at Syracuse, right? It has to be, at least. Yeah, 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 definitely. I remember when the Nuggets traded him the first time, and they went off on like seven, eight-game winning streak. And he went to the Knicks, and the Knicks were supposed to be great, and that never happened. And he's going around Oklahoma City. It didn't happen. It didn't happen in Houston. They started off one and five because Harden's out. Carmelo Anthony's not good. Stop trying to make him good. Stop trying to make him a thing. Stop trying incessantly to act like he can play the game of basketball. He's a terrible defender. He can't shoot from the outside whatsoever. And at this point, his speed and hops are a third of what they were. You know, five, 17 six years, years ago. ago when he was in Syracuse. Years. <laughs> no, it's not 17 years. Whatever it was, uh, however long it was. Had to be 15, right? But go on. Go on. Whatever it is. But Carmelo Anthony's not a good basketball player. If you want to win with Carmelo Anthony, stick him on the bench, make him a rotational guy. But you can't do that because he can't shoot or defend, which is where you need <laughs> your guys to come in from. So the only way to do it is if he's a minimal price 
fourth piece on your team. Then you could win with him. But unfortunately, his giant fucking ego won't let him be that. And thus, he has to hop around half the NBA. Go to freaking Indiana. Well, actually, that would be a good spot for you. Go fucking Charlotte. Go rotten New Jersey. Go rotten. Yeah, Jersey or Brooklyn or wherever the fuck you're going to go. Carmelo Anthony. Fuck that. Yeah, fuck Carmelo Anthony, dude. I just looked it up right now. Yes, that was 2003. Uh, he was a first-round pick. Oh, my pick. God. It's you been feel that old? long? 15 years. You want to feel old? 15 years oh, going on 16 years. Dude, I'm way old. That's ridiculous. Jesus Christ. Uh, I remember that like it was yesterday, Me that run in Syracuse. Meanwhile, half our listeners were nine. I know. So think about that when they made that historic run in college. Um, my rant is something I've been ranting about on Twitter nonstop. It's NFL coaches. Uh, but not just any NFL coaches. I'm not going to take the easy way out, and I'm not going to fucking fly in on the Jeff Fishers of the world, right? I'm not going after those type of coaches, the Hugh Jacksons and you know shitty coaches like that. I'm going after the elite. I'm going after McVay. I'm going after Peterson. I'm going after Kyle Shanahan. Some of these decisions that I'm seeing. Now, I am the first person to tell you, and I already did earlier this podcast, that I fucking despise bad coaching. I hate bad coaching more than anything in the world. So I love McVay. I love Peterson. I really like Kyle Shanahan. I like all the Shanahans. I'm a big fan of analytics and using analytics and taking chances and not punting inside the 50 and going for it on fourth and one and going for two and throwing quarterback fucking Philly specials in the Super Bowl. I love it. I love wide receivers running the ball. I love all of it. My fucking problem is these fucking pussy-ass bitch coaches turn into Jeff Fisher in the last five minutes of games. None of them have any clock management skills because I think they're too focused on the analytics and what they're doing with the next play and where they're going and what they're doing that they're not paying attention to the clock. Kyle Shanahan the other night was a fucking disgrace how he managed the last two minutes of both halves. Niners shouldn't even have been – that game shouldn't even have been close. McVay, who I have a fucking man crush on, probably the only man in America who made me doubt my sexuality at any point. I love him so fucking much. The dude's kicking on fourth and one up two. You're kicking on fourth and goal from the one up two in the final five, six minutes of the game? Who the fuck are you going against Russell Wilson? That's not Sean McVay. That's not who you are. All of a sudden, you get conservative at the end of the game when you could have gone up nine and sealed the game. You're going to kick a field goal and give the ball back to Russell Wilson, and then you luck out. It works out. And then what do you do? You get the ball back with a minute 57 seconds left. Seattle has three timeouts, and you fucking play conservative? You run a wide receiver reverse, and then you hand the ball off, and then you run a wide receiver screen, and you punt back. You don't play to get the first down when you've been marching on them all game. He did this two weeks ago against the Saints, too. Terrible conservative play calling and clock management. Doug Peterson, you give the ball to Josh Adams, Jeff Mann's man crush, seven times for the whole game when the dude's averaging seven yards a carry, and the decision-making that these coaches, especially late in games, they're getting too fucking cute early, and then they're getting too conservative late. Grab your fucking dick. Play the same way all game. Make the same aggressive calls in the last five minutes as you did in the first five. And the problem here is, and this is Cynthia more than me, made this comment. It was easy to be aggressive and conservative, Jeff, when you have nothing to lose. When you're playing the Patriots in the Super Bowl. When you're coming off an 8-8 eight and eight Jeff Fisher team. Now that these teams have expectations, these coaches are shitting their pants in big moments. And it's pissing me the fuck off. I finally had new faith in coaching, and now I am losing it. So fuck that. Yeah. You're right. Buttholes They're doing it. Tight. They're all doing it, man. Buttholes They're all doing it. 
buttholes are getting tight with these young coaches everywhere. I can't, I can't, I can't believe what I'm watching. It's McVeigh is the worst. But I'm just uh, going to go out on the limb. Did you bet the Rams? Yes, I did. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, it's it's just so like, like hell so, the energy level. That's why I bet the Rams though, because I'm watching it and I'm just like, McVeigh ain't gonna kick this fourth and one, fourth and goal from the one. McVeigh ain't fucking kick. You should never, Jeff. Should you ever, outside of like to win the game at the end of the game or to put yourself up maybe two scores, should you ever up two with six seven minutes left with a team like the Rams, kick a field goal from fourth and goal from the one? Um, What's your opinion? Because you obviously know where mine is. I know where yours is. I think you should, but I don't think every situation. I think it all depends on the thing you said there was Russell Wilson on the other side. Can he go down and score on you? And I felt in that game that they absolutely could have and probably even should have. So Their defense sucks. Right. Well, well, that's the problem. But, if I mean, listen, if it's um, – I'm Peter trying to think of another quarterback. <laughs> fucking Marcus Mariota, I'm not worried. Andy Dalton, I'm not worried. Josh Rosen, I'm not worried. I don't know. With that secondary and linebackers, I'm still worried. I wouldn't have been. No, you just can't. You don't. Some teams, like, you don't want to be up two. you you got to be up more because so many teams play for field goals, and kickers can kick 50 yarders out of nowhere sometimes. So, it all de- for me, it depends on the situation more than anything. But in that situation, I thought the better move was to just punch it in. You should have. I don't know why they just didn't run Gurley three times. That's another thing. That's really what we talk about. Todd Gurley got one carry inside the 10-yard line last week. Yeah. Why? What are you doing? And I know the Jets sweep to Brandon Cooks worked. I know it worked, but it was still a bad call. Still a bad idea. You have Todd Gurley. Don't get it. So I thought the play calling was highly suspect in that game too. You should never, ever, ever, if you're the Rams, especially kick from fourth and goal from the one. I don't think any team should really ever do it. There's like three scenarios late in games where you should. When teams do it in the second quarter, it drives me fucking insane. Because your worst case scenario, the absolute worst thing that can happen to you is you don't get it and the other team has to start at their own one-yard line, which is the worst case scenario for them. That's true. So your worst case scenario is putting the other team in the absolute worst case scenario. Your best case scenario is you score seven points, but it, you never, never fucking kick early in a game or middle of the game from fourth and goal from the one. There's a couple scenarios late in the game where you can make the argument, like if there was 28 seconds left on the clock, then yeah, I'm going to kick from there uh, just to lock the game down. But if you got a couple minutes left in that game and Russell Wilson on the other side, finish the fucking job, dude. There was five, six minutes left. Finish the fucking job. Go up nine. Your defense sucks. Your offense is what you're leaning on. Let your offense win you fucking championships in the game because your defense isn't going to do it maybe till Tlaib comes back. But any final words here, Mr. Mance? Um, No, let's get that money this week, though. I'm looking to get <laughs> – uh, No. Yeah, I'm looking to get – like, I'm, I'm fucking going aggressive get that. this week. Like, I'm yeah? doing good. I love I loved when studs aren't on the, the slate. Right. It's, it's always it's so much more fun. There's times where you know you're in your wheelhouse. You know what I mean? Like Tommy, when you got a uh, you know chick that stumbling down at 3 a.m. can barely you know tight skirt. She obviously got dolled up to do something, and that night that's, she's she's still yeah. alone at three. That like that's your wheelhouse. This is my wheelhouse. No Mahomes, no Gurley, no freaking Rogers. Oh, no bring Russ. it to daddy, baby. No this is Thielen, no money. Cook. Yep. <laughs> Yeah, this is. I think the best slate. Everyone's talking about that Monday night slate. 
I think the best slate in the one DraftKings should have featured, if they really wanted to do it right, is the Sunday night, Monday night slate, that two-game slate. Because then you're adding the Bears with Trubisky, you're adding Dal Cook, you're adding Thielen and Diggs and all those guys in there. I think that's a much more fun slate, but the tournament sizes will be far smaller. But, uh, yeah, I love this week too. I'm with you, Jeff. I think it's going to be a great week. Uh, I'm excited for it. And with that said, good luck. Stay cashing, motherfuckers. Mercy is for the weak. We do not train to be merciful here. A man face you, he is enemy. Enemy deserve no mercy.